Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. Hello, Greg. I am here. Hello. I am Stacy Heller, Greg's producer and chief prodder. <laughs> I ask questions. So Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach. He is also a recovering addict and alcoholic. Both through his practice and his own personal experiences, he's observed without connection with self, real connection with others is near impossible because it's emotional connection that is at the root of healthy living. I just love this. I learned so much. We had several people comment uh, on last week's show how the things that we talked about really gave them pause to review the takeaways from last week. Um, One, it is never too late to connect with our kids. That was like net, net, bottom line. It's never too late. Never too late. Uh, that said, how we do that varies by their age and stage. Yeah. Uh, that, yes, we can be vulnerable enough to acknowledge that perhaps we've made mistakes. If we're talking about our older kids and mm. and we can acknowledge. Uh, we had um, somebody, a listener, circled back and shared that they, after listening to the show last week, went to their their daughter and had a conversation about, you know what, I'm thinking that the way that I handled this situation back once upon a time wasn't great and um, shared that that dialogue between them, even as an adult child, really meant a lot. Yeah. And so that's it's never too late. It's right? never too late. It's never too late. Um, and then you shared that we can set up new ways of communicating for mm-hmm. the future and you also shared that in order to build resilience in our kids, we need to give them some autonomy. That's right. Certainly with safe boundaries and all of that. And um, that we need to ask questions about how our kids feel and not immediately fix things. Yeah, that's a key one. So I thought, okay, this Good place one, to start. it's a great place to start, that we tend to fix over feeling. Yeah, you know, the... One of the biggest problems I see in adults, but especially in adolescents and teens when they come to see me, is the lack of the ability to self-regulate emotions. Mm -hmm. Regulate emotions. Self-regulate. We're not born with that. We don't know how to do it. And it goes way back when to to when when these kids are, are very, very small. They got powerful emotions overcoming emotions and they don't know how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. They've, they've no experience in this. It's very foreign. It's scary to them. All of these, uh, you know, powerful emotions, anger, sadness, uh, pain, um, any of these things can just overwhelm them. And it is so important for us as caregivers, especially in these early ages, to help them learn how to regulate and in doing so, be able to kind of turn it over to them and they can self-regulate later in life, mm-hmm. right? And so we do this through um, what we call co-regulation, right? Okay. So co-regulation is when your young child, um, it, feelings get hurt for whatever reason, They're crying like crazy. And we grab the child, we hold the child, 
and we don't try to fix it. Maybe we don't say anything. We just feel their pain, their sadness with them. Mm-hmm. Now, this is really hard to do because we immediate, our immediate reaction, right, is to fix it. What's wrong, you know? Right. And, and it just happens. But if we can just hang on to them and feel it with them, then start the dialogue of, of understanding what the feelings are. That's it. We don't need to fix it. We don't need to repair it. Um, that can come later. But it is so important that they experience those first few moments of feeling the emotion, whatever it is, and then over time being able to understand it and acknowledge it, right? Because that's where we all are later in life. When, when these emotions come on us, if we can be aware enough in the moment to recognize them, accept them for what they are, and make choices with, with what to do with them at that moment rather than let them take over. And that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot. Reactivity mm-hmm. or, or just a flooding of emotions. Uh, we, I just see this a lot. Well, and kids make such permanent choices with temporary feelings. And they, it, yeah. they don't know. This reminds me of, you know, when you're talking about how when kids are really little and you just, you can fear, you can feel their little bodies when you're holding on to them as they go through all the emotions and then they just sort of end and it cry and you're just there. And, and right. the thing is, I, I feel like maybe as a parent, you know that there's really nothing that you can do. You know, you fell off your bike. There's no bruises. There's no damage. Everything's fine. There's nothing that you can do or you're just they're just tired and there's nothing you can do except they're going to go to bed later. And mm-hmm. but you just you just hold on to it. It's interesting that we lose that perspective that when mm-hmm. our preteen is just exhausted and really they just need the day to end. Right. That we we still try to go and fix it. We do. I mean, uh, you know, it, going back to the young child for a second, they, they, they're crying and they don't know what it is. And, and as soon as we say something like, oh, don't cry, don't cry, it'll be okay, you know, or, or later as they get older, we say things like, you know, life's tough. You just got to, you know, you'll get through this. Just got to go for it. Learn mm-hmm. how to cope, you know, get right back out there. These are not the things we want to do. They may sound practical here, but that's the problem. They're practical. They're not coming from a a feeling basis. It's so important that these children know that we are regulating with them. Mm -hmm. We're not teaching them how to regulate. In a way we are, of course. But we are just regulating with them. We are feeling each other's emotions at that moment not trying to fix any issues um it's really a difficult thing for for a lot of us because we're we're totally programmed the other way totally programmed i mean it, yeah i mean it's it's uh, i mean I, I hear stories all the time about um you know my dad just said, stop crying, boys don't cry, and mm-hmm. you got to get up and go, and, you know, this is a weakness, and, you know, 
uh, hopefully we don't hear that so much anymore, but it was there in my time. I know that. And that's the, the one thing we don't want to do. Well, and this is a little aside, um, but on that topic, what's interesting is that being part of that generation where I'm sure my father said something similar to my brother's and then me hearing it, then I have that view as a woman that when a man actually is expressing his feelings or showing emotion that what a wuss. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about how that affects our, our men. However, when women hear it, it also affects then how we define what it is to be a man. And then we get mad when our men in our lives aren't feeling things. Right. <laughs> so right. it's, I mean, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother uh, uh, topic. Topic, you know that that we'll get to one of these days. But. So that idea. Let's say I'm towards the end of elementary school when mm-hmm. things are starting to get a little more complicated for kids. You know, right. as they're in fifth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, right. and so the feelings are more complex. So little. Susie comes running home and tells me that she feels ugly. She found out that she has a first pimple. <laughs> and, you know, and, and she got teased about it. And she got teased about it. Right. And or that she's not allowed to wear makeup or whatever it is. So how do we then as parents or caregivers or whomever it is, how do we respond to that? Is good, that the good question? But, is that but how how do you how does that make you feel? That feels very therapy speak. <laughs> that feels very <laughs> therapist speak. Yes, it does. Uh, uh, but it's essentially something like that. I mean, you just want to okay. I understand your feelings on this. What what do you what do you think you should do, or where where would you like to go with this, or or questions, open ended questions that allow them to dig deeper into what they're feeling, right? Without us coaching or, or telling them what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just questioning it so that they can discover what it is themselves. So can we say like, so, um, hey, Susie, what is, what is making you feel the most sad? Is it, you know... Is it the fact that you have a pimple or is it the fact that, you know, these girls said something? Or can or should we say, should we not even get that into it? And should we say, I'm sad with you? Yeah, no, I'm sad with you is, is where you want to start. Right? Okay. And we just want to be, once again, it's back to that co-regulating thing. Now, at this, uh, the older they get, of course, they're turning to us for some help, right? Sure. Um, but the most important thing is, is to feel it with them so that they know that they're not alone in this sadness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think many times we jump way too quickly to fixing it. I'm going to call their mom or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. We're going we're gonna to We'll get you some it. product and we're going to erase That's your right. face. <laughs> That's right. Right. We jump too quickly to that. Um, those kind of solutions may be part of it as, a, as we move along, but... In that moment, right then, they're not looking for a fix. They're looking for some comfort from the, the pain, um, the self-worth, 
issue, all of that that they've been dealing with that whole day since this happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're crushed. So is and it okay to say, let's get a snack and sit here and cry for a minute? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Look at me. <laughs> but, that, but that's the idea, right? Is, and, and if we started this early on, right? Mm-hmm. If we started this way back when, it's much easier to do now, right? Sure. And starting this now, a, a preteen would look at mom kind of funny, like, right? But, but you still want to do it. Sure. Oh, no, no, you yeah. still want to do it. Let me, I, I understand. I just want to feel this with you, you know? Now, and, and, and some comfort food, whatever it takes, just to spend the few minutes regulating together, right? Feeling it together. That is the most important. If, if you're not hearing anything else, that's the most important thing in all of this is that two or three or four, maybe five minutes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to just feel it with them. This, this is the... If you've listened to, to JDK's shows the last couple of weeks, um, this, is a, this is the beginning of resilience. Mm-hmm. Co-regulation is the beginning of resilience way back when, when they're younger, co-regulation. And the more they're able to self-regulate, this is just building resilience, the ability to bounce back, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to, to learn and come out of something rather than be destroyed by it. Right. That's resilience. Right. And uh, co-regulation and self-regulation of emotions is just at the core of that. Okay. So I'm now hanging out with Susie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said, girl, let's get some snacks. Let's sit down and let's feel this. And mm-hmm. and we're having that conversation. So now maybe they start to trust us. Right. And they're starting to share things. So now they're sharing things like, I feel sad. I feel ugly. Mm-hmm. I feel powerless. I feel unseen. And suddenly it's no longer just, I feel you know, like I have a zit and I'm being teased. And so then again, the natural instinct is, oh, it's getting real. Mm -hmm. And now again, I need to fix this. Yes. So when the tone changes, how does our tone change? Now's the time to foster autonomy, right? As much as we can, right? Even when they're, when they're, they're young, before preteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Fostering as much autonomy as you can. So, gosh, you feel so sad and I'm right there with you. What, what do you want to do about this? What do you think is going to work? Give me your ideas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully they come back with something, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that they're, you know, they... Whatever the solution, you know. This reminds me from of, I want to beat him up to you know <laughs> whatever, but, right? But whatever options they come up with, and then, and then, we as in our wisdom, right? 
look at those options and we and we talk with them about the options. So so do you think that's going to work? What are the, what are Sounds like there'll be some benefits from that option, but is what's on what's the downside of you doing that? I mean, you got to think about this. What's the downside? Right. And so you're allowing them to participate in the solution. Right, which is so I am like my mind right now. If I wish people could see it, I'm I feel like my <laughs> head is a package of pop rocks kind because of. I'm like bing 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 because I'm thinking about things that, you know, I love this idea of leaning into um, my daughter had a therapist early on when she had some anxiety mm-hmm. issues and the gal said to her, think about the best case, the worst case, and the most likely. And she always would say, and circle back after. Right. And so there you're you afraid go. to go in somewhere. And so go ahead and lean into it and let yourself go where the worst case is. So what you're suggesting is that by allowing them to have the autonomy and to think through these things with us there, creating the appropriate boundaries. So they can say, like, I go in and, you know, I basically take all of my Taekwondo talent and I (laughs) beat this kid to a pulp. And then we say, okay, well, that definitely is an option. So let's think about what may come of that if you go with that choice. And so we're not... And how you were going to feel after you do that, right? I mean... Just going into the options and and then letting them make the decision. I mean, within boundaries, right? I mean, right. Hopefully, they right. don't say. Hopefully, they don't choose that you know, one. <laughs> Damn the torpedoes! We're going right. taekwondo. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but, and help helping them circle back, and then definitely circling back after they whatever choice they make, circling back mm-hmm. later. Hey, how did it go? Tell me. Mm-hmm. The more the more we can be excited about what is happening with them. They come home. They've we've had this discussion. They've come home. You've been talking about this, and and they come up with this decision, and they're going to try it. And the next day, when they come in, you are excited to know. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me, what happened, right? I mean, this is just so powerful Mm -hmm. rather than waiting for them to tell you or forgetting. Right. And and a week later go, oh, my God, yeah, how did that go? Okay, yeah, you recognized it. But but just being excited about it. So this all requires this awareness that we've been talking about, connection through awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Being aware, remembering the next day to ask them about it. Well, and this, I, you know, as I'm thinking about this, this applies with everything from, you know, your your daughter gets a new pair of shoes and she's super excited about it and mm-hmm. she's wearing them in. And, of course, she's hoping that someone's going to notice. And so how did it go? You wore your new shoes today. And, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, nobody noticed, but that's a good thing. I didn't want to draw attention or so many people said something mm-hmm. or the the subject that they're really nervous about, but they took extra time to mm. study, you know, so how did it go? You know, how did you feel it went? Um, you know, was that a was that a good way to approach this this time? Or, you know, I'm just right. thinking about all the different scenarios where you can do that in that follow-up. Right, and right. Would you do it differently next time? Mm-hmm. What, did, what did you find out? I mean, would you do it differently? Yeah, maybe I go. Yeah, okay. We didn't think about that, but you know, that's what we do. We we mm-hmm. work on this afterwards. Or, and 
So many times we're guilty of uh, trying to find an example here, but well, you talked about the shoes or something, the new shoes, and you go, "Oh my God, those are really cool shoes," but aren't the heels a little too high? Well, so that- you just shot it down. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we tend to do that a lot because we want them to know that, you know, uh, they're going to find out that the heels are too high, right? Well, right. let them find out or whatever. I mean, maybe they aren't too high, but we just put that in their minds. And if we can just, you know, give them the praise and, man, those are hot. They look really good. Mm-hmm. How do they feel? How do you feel when you're walking in those shoes? Right. Those kind of questions. Can you say things um, like, wow, um, you know, those shoes are so cool. I would never be coordinated uh, coordinated enough to wear a shoe that high. Does that seem hmm. like you're projecting or is that just kind of a conversational, you know? Yeah, I think that's a little... It feels like I'm leading the witness. <laughs> yeah, I think you're leading the witness there. <laughs> well, I mean, these are good questions because talking about autonomy, you know, I think about style right. and, you know, kids that say that they, there was once a very powerful PSA that came out where the kid is dressed in like, you know, goth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the PSA, uh, you know, he's putting on all of his black eyeliner and his, you know, Doc Martin boots and whatever. And. Uh, comes trudging downstairs and of course you're expecting it to be super angsty and you know there's Mm. his suburban mom like hey honey have a good time make sure you're home by curfew and he's like I will mom and you know and at the end of the day the message was it's not about what's on the inside with your kids it's about or on the outside it's what's on the inside Mm. that you know know your kid and and it almost reminds me of this don't react thing they're obviously going through some feelings and yet, how as parents do we navigate that? Because right, well, we don't. We don't. Um, we have to have boundaries, right? Because I mean, if somebody's, if the decision they make is going to hurt somebody or hurt themselves, mm-hmm. or, or you know, it, the the odds are not good with where they're going. Then we need to step in but in a gentle way right so let's look at all these options this one i don't know my gut tells me honey that this one's a little risky what do you think Mm -hmm. okay rather than no that's too risky Mm -hmm. my gut just tells me this something's wrong here what do you think right i don't know mom what do you think right if we can get to that kind of a, a point in the conversation it's right. important. And there's some kids that, you know, are okay with taking that risk and they're okay with showing up and having a flair for the dramatic and, sure. you know, whatever it is. And other kids that maybe really need that guidance mm-hmm. and they're just trying on different things. Right. However, I'm, I'm hearing you apply the same thing that, you know, we need to not immediately fix it. We need to let them, you know, we all need to sort of limp along a bit and figure things out. That's establishing resilience. It is, mm-hmm. without getting hurt too much in the process, right? I mean, getting hurt is part of it, establishing resilience, but um, that's where that we come in as caregivers, as parents, to, with these boundaries to make sure it's not going to be something terrible. And, and so what if something it does happen, right? And it's 
the choice they made isn't the best, and they come home, and it's not the best. What do we do? I told you so? No, no, no. You know, I mean, oh, my gosh, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. What should we do now? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do now? Not what should we, sorry. What do you want to do now? Where should we go with this? Let me know how I can help. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, like, how can I help? Let me know how I can help. How do you feel about this? Oh, my gosh. I understand. You know, that kind of talk. And the power of, I talked about this uh, myself last week, Uh the power of changing but to and. Oh, yeah. And how important that is. And saying, okay, you tried it. And it didn't work. Right. So let's see what we can do. Not, but it didn't work. Not shutting it down. And I think that's so important. This particular age, this preteen age, the um, the middle school to high school age, I think we should spend a little bit more oh, yeah. time yeah. talking about this next week, especially that middle school to high school age. It's a tough time. It is it's, such a tough time. It's a really kids. tough time. Oh. And, you know, I know my kids all struggled and I know you see you have Every lots day. of patients yeah. that this time was really um, an important formational piece in either the adults that you see or obviously the kids that you see. Right. So next week, let's talk. Let's do a deeper dive into this. I'm excited about that. I am, too, because yeah. it's not too late for me. So. <laughs> Not too late for any of it. I know. So in the meantime, if people want to learn more about you, Greg Kuiper, mm-hmm. and what you do, they can go to KuiperCounseling.com. Right. They can follow you on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. And my uh, webinar is posted on my uh, website, as well as all of these shows are recorded as podcasts. And you can find links to that on your on the, on the website or on your favorite podcast platform. Mm -hmm. It'll be there at the root with Greg Kuiper. So check that out. And if you have any questions, make sure that you reach out to Greg and we would be happy to talk about these things. Although I think we're hitting what a lot of people are concerned about. So in the meantime, what's your advice? Well, it's important for us all to stay aware as much as we can every day. So stay aware out there, everybody. All right, we'll do that. And we'll talk with you next week. 